Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. Welcome back to our teaching on two books. We'll talk about the book of works and the book of life and how that applies to us. The world simply thinks if they go before God and talk about all the good works they have done, God's going to let them get into heaven. That's not the point of getting into heaven. It's the Lamb's book of life, those that have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I'm so glad I'm going to be judged out of that book, not by the book of works. Let's go to the Word of God together. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and something to take notes with and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello, welcome back again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. I began a series yesterday. I'm calling it Two Books. And the one book is this book of works, the other is the book of life. And we're talking about that that basically, I make it as simple as possible, why are those two books there? And actually the book on works is a set of books and the other one is the book of life. But let's talk about the difference between the two. All your good works are recorded in the book of works. And in the book of life is the names of those who have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Since the world does not believe in getting into heaven by the works of Jesus Christ on the cross, they believe in their works. So they really don't want anything to do with this book over here and probably don't even understand why there is a book called the Lamb's Book of Life. And they fall back on this one, all my good works. And God has their books. In fact, God will judge them from that book. They'll talk about their good works they have done. God will open it up, come down to their name, say, yes, you did. You've done all those things. But by the time he gets to the end of it, all their good works added up cannot equal what God wants of a person to go to heaven. This will not get you a 100% or an A on God's test. A 99.9, you might be the most perfect person next to Jesus that ever lived, but you can't get to heaven by your good works. Even if you could score a 99.99 on God's test, it's still an F. There is no B's, there is no C's, there is no D's. There's just an A or an F. You make it A by accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior but you get an F for anything else, no matter how good, if there was a person there that made a 20 on the test and another one made a 99.9, they're both Fs in God's sight and therefore you cannot possibly get into heaven on your own good works, but God's gonna simply show, lay it all out there and show them it still doesn't equal what I want. And then he's gonna open up the book of life and say, well, your name is not found here. And so what God does is one book, the book of works keeps the sinner out of heaven. The other book, which is the book of life, sends them to hell and later on will send them to the the lake of fire. When believers stand before the Lord and we're standing there being judged by him at the judgment seat of Christ, it's not really a judgment, it's a reward seat of Christ, but as we stand before him on that day, the two books will be open first. I don't fall back on the book of works. The unbeliever does. In fact, you talk to people today and they'll talk about how their good works outweigh their bad works. And they think that God's going to let them into heaven because overall they've been a nice person and they've treated other people fine. All that'll be recorded in the book of works, but they don't want to open up the book of life. They fall back on the book of works. And so since they fall back on the book of works and the book of works shows them their deficiency, there's only one place to sin, then that's to hell and eventually the lake of fire. But when I stand before God, I'm not going to fall back on the book of works. I'm going to fall back on the book of life. And he'll say, basically, if the Lord could ask, to the unbeliever, why you think I should let you in heaven? They're going to talk about because all the good works I have done. When he asks me why I should come to heaven, I'm going to say because not because of my good works. 
I fell back on the mercy of God. I fall back on this book over here, the book of life. My name is written in it because I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And that book's going to be opened up. God's going to say, yes, your name is here. And now you get Jesus score because you've accepted him. I get an A on the test because my name is found in the Lamb's book of life. And the moment that happens, now the other sets of books are open for me and God rewards me out of the book of works. So again, one book, the book of works keeps the sinner out of heaven. The other book sends him to hell and later the lake of fire. But one book, the book of life lets me into heaven. And the other one, the books of works give me eternal rewards in heaven. So it literally comes back to this. Which book are you falling back on? Are you falling back on the book of works, all the good things you have done for God? Or are you falling back on the book of life? Listen, even my spiritual works for God couldn't get me into heaven. It's the fact that I have eternal life and now I'm doing good works. And that's where the two books come in. My name will first of all be in the book of life. When I claim the fact that I have received Jesus as Lord and Savior, boom, this book had opened up. God goes to the wise and says, yes, Bob Yandian, your name is right here. You accepted the Lord in this particular year and you accepted me as Lord and Savior. All right, your A goes to you because it was given to Jesus. Now it goes to you too. You share in his eternal life. Then the other set of books is opened up, which is my works. And now I have eternal rewards from those things I did for the Lord after I received Jesus as Lord and Savior. Again, it comes back to it. Are we made righteous by works? No, we're never made righteous by works. We can be rewarded for works, but we cannot be made righteous by works. Romans chapter four, verses one through five. This is where we left off in the last broadcast. What shall we say about Abraham, our father, as regarding the flesh is found? If Abraham were justified by works, he would have reason to boast before men, but not before God. What does the scripture say? Genesis chapter 15, 6, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now to him who works, the reward is not counted as grace, but as of a debt. But to him it does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly. His faith is counted as righteousness. Faith made Abraham righteous before God. Grace made Abraham righteous without good works. But his works, a bad word, and here's where we left off with, we're going to take up today. You cannot find one scripture defining one kind of works and make all other works fit under it. And that's what's happening today. Many ministers are saying, oh, works, bad word. What? No, works, works, that's a bad word. No, it's a great word because I don't fall back on works to get me saved, to get me righteous before God, but I do fall back on good works because there's a major purpose for good works in the earth and then rewards for it in heaven. So again, there's scriptures defining that works are not good. We'll get into that. Then we're gonna find out there's other places where works are wonderful. We'll talk about that too. Do works fit into the Christian life? And the answer is yes, yes, double, triple, yes. Of course they do. Ephesians chapter two, verses eight through 10, shows you the contrast between faith and works, and then how they complement each other after that. Verse eight says this, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I do not get saved by my works. Verse 10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. So I'm saved by grace, I'm saved by faith, but the ultimate result of that 
and the new creation is so I can produce good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Good works do not precede salvation. They follow salvation. Faith toward God, the Holy Spirit moves into me. Then good works are produced. Why? Because good works can only be produced by the Holy Spirit living in me. And without the Holy Spirit in me, my good works do not count before God at all, whether I'm a sinner or a saint. The Holy Spirit makes our works pleasing to God. Good works show the world our faith, and they also show the world our new life. Take a look with me at James chapter 2. We're going to take a look at verses 14 through verse 26, and here it says this, What does it profit, my brothers, if a man says he has faith and has no works? Can that faith save him, that kind of faith save him? Again, and he has no works to go along with it. And the answer is no, he is saved before God, but he's not saved in another way before men. If all God cared about was me being saved before him, he'd haul me into heaven the moment I get saved. But why does he leave me here? So I can produce good works in front of the world and they can see those good works in me and then want to receive Jesus too. So faith becomes part of our witnessing as does good works become part of our witnessing. Can that kind of faith save him? Verse 15, if a brother or sister is naked and has no daily food, and one of you says to him, go in peace, be warmed and filled, yet you do not give them the things they need for their body, what does it profit? Even so, faith, if it has no works, and I like this translation, corresponding actions. If I have faith, but the faith has no corresponding actions, it doesn't say I don't have faith. My, my faith is simply dead or unproductive, standing all by itself. Faith is never designed to stand by itself. Faith has something that also comes along later, and that's good works. Faith should produce good works. Anytime I say I have faith, people should be able to look at my life who are not even Christians and say, I see his works. He's good to people, kind to people. He does these things, but there's something different about him. He doesn't do it like the rest of the world that I know around me that just does it to get a good name for themselves or positions or moving up in society. This guy does it because he just loves people and he loves God. And so this again is your display of faith. What God is saying is, is your works should be a display, outward display of the faith that people can't see, which is in your heart. If you have no works or corresponding actions, then your faith is dead standing alone. Verse 18, if a man say you he has faith, and I have works, then show me your faith without your works. You can't do it. You can't show me your faith because it's invisible. It demands that you have works. It goes on to say, I will show you my faith by my works. You believe there is one God, you do well. The devils also believe and tremble. This is in reverence and holiness before God, that when demons stand before a holy God, they tremble because they're not holy. But will you, O vain or empty man, that faith without works is dead? Do you know that? It's simply saying you're empty if you believe that faith doesn't have to have any works that follow him. And if you're one of those that say, works, works, that's a bad word. No, there's a great place for works in the Christian life. It is to accompany your faith and literally 
clearly is something the world can see. They're tired of the message. They want to see a Christian, not just hear a Christian. They want to see the gospel presented to them as well as hear the gospel presented to them. And we stand in both worlds, one to please God through faith, but another to please people through the works that we do and point them to Jesus Christ. Verse 21, was not Abraham our father justified by works? See, it says in Romans, he was justified by faith, but that was before God. Here, he's justified in front of people by the works that he did. In verse 21, was not Abraham our father justified by works? when he had offered Isaac his son on the altar. This is years after his salvation, and now people are seeing the fruits or the works of his salvation. Don't you see how faith worked together or partnered with his works, and by works his faith was made perfect or completed? And the scripture was fulfilled, which said Abraham believed God. It was imputed to him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see then how by works a man is justified and not by faith only. Faith only toward God, but works before people. Verse 25, likewise was not also Rahab the harlot justified works. Notice this, when she received the messengers and had sent them another way. This was years after her salvation. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So when we come back from the break, we're going to take up, do works justify us before God? Do works justify us before the world? We'll answer those questions as soon as we get back. And we're going to present a book to you that I am offering on understanding the end times. See you right after the break. Understanding the end times, one of the most incredible and fascinating doctrines in the Word of God, will bring us comfort for the days in which we live. The Bible says we are to encourage and exhort one another with the knowledge of Jesus returning for His saints. In Understanding the End Times, Pastor Bob Yandian provides a thorough and exciting study to give you more revelation of these times in which we live. Topics include the Seven Dispensations, the dispensation of the mystery, the rapture of the church, the judgment seat of Christ, Daniel's 70 weeks, the temple discourse, the tribulation, the second coming, the millennial reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. To order Understanding the End Times, visit bobyandian.com. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words, but the definitions are simple. Using straightforward vocabulary and down-to-earth examples, Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are demystified. Redemption justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, election, propitiation, and glorification. These eight precepts, essential for all believers to understand, come to light as you read and arrive at a deeper understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. To order Theology Simplified, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus. 
were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. Welcome back, glad to have you back. Hope you get a copy of that book. You're really going to enjoy understanding the end times. It's a great blessing. One of my best-selling books, and especially in the days we're living in, because we can tell the coming of Jesus is getting so close. Be sure to get yourself a copy. In fact, get yourself a couple of copies, two or three. Give them to your friends, to your family, and let them be blessed to not only learn how to be born again, but also to understand the times we're living in. And the times we're living in, listen, although they don't look great around us, the end is where God is pointing to. And that coming of Jesus Christ is our great hope. All right, let's take a look at that. Works do not justify us before God. We found that, that they will not get us saved, make us righteous before God. Works don't do that. But if you get saved by faith, then works do justify you in front of the world. Works are there so that people can see Jesus Christ in us. It is possible for a sinner to produce human good, but they cannot produce divine good. You cannot get to heaven on human good. The things you do for other people, depending that that is going to get you to heaven and you exclude the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But divine good is when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and the Holy Spirit then comes to live in you, and he empowers your work, and through your works, now people can see that you've been born again. So understand this, a Christian, there's a great place for works in their life. It's possible for a Christian to produce works just like the world when you're not under the control of the Holy Spirit or carnal. A carnal Christian produces works just like a sinner does, not anointed by the Holy Spirit. And this comes back to, again, it's for you. You're doing it for your own good, not for the kingdom of God. Let me get back to this again. It is possible for a sinner to produce human good, but divine good works can only be produced by the indwelling Holy Spirit. A sinner does not have the indwelling Holy Spirit within them. Works which lead a person to Jesus is how we show the world our faith, not only by our words, but by our works. And so works now become a witness just like our words do. In fact, we are to witness to the world in word and in deed. And in word is when we present the gospel to them, the plan of salvation. But if they go, no, I don't want to, I don't want that, but they begin to watch us after that. And what they're wanting to know is, is there any outward show that Jesus Christ really lives in them? That's where works come in. Works become part of our witness. And just like I can open my mouth and preach the gospel, I can also demonstrate the gospel through my lifestyle. And then we're also going to take up that even anointings of of healings and miracles, all those things are part of the good works that we show before the world. Works now become our witness. It's part of the great commission to the world. Remember, go into all the world and preach the gospel, then lay hands on the sick, they shall recover, cast out devils. The life we live before people that can be seen with their eyes now become a form of witnessing to them. Works are our witness, part of the great commission to the world, and works are a display of Christian growth, Christian discipleship. I was watching the news one night, 
And there was a leader in Washington, very liberal and very much outside the plan of God, was talking to a group in Chicago as he was dedicating a park one weekend. He was in town that weekend. They asked if he would come and he did come. And then he opened it up for questions. And I thought it was interesting. One of the questions was, why are you so much against Christians? What is it you don't like about Christians? You never have anything good to say about them. This is what he said. He said, it's not all Christians. We don't like the Christians who believe the Bible and then live by it. Notice that. We don't mind if you just receive Jesus and don't show it, okay? We would rather you not receive Jesus. This is the devil's idea. I would really ultimately rather that you not receive Jesus. But if you do, don't act like it. Make it personal. Don't live it before the world. And what the government leader says is not all Christians that we don't like. We don't like the Christians who believe the Bible and then live by it. In other words, they don't like the ones who now go beyond just being born again and start to live by good works. So what are good works? Well, there are good works and there's bad works. There's right and wrong uses of works. Works are wrong when they are used by and for the flesh, by a sinner trying to earn salvation from God from his human energy. You cannot please God by human energy. The first step of faith you make before God is the biggest thing you've ever done, to open your mouth and confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and mean it is the first time you ever do anything supernatural. Up until that time, you can feed those that are hungry. You can clothe those that are naked. Uh, you can give money to great organizations. You can even fund your church. But if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, all those works don't count before God. Again, they might be okay. They might add up to a certain amount of points, but you know what? You'll never equal the 100 that God demands for salvation. Once you accept Jesus again, you get his score. He's the only one that ever came to this earth and scored 100 on God's test. And when we accept Jesus, we get his score. Works are wrong when they're used again by and for the flesh by a believer trying to earn God's love or to gain the acclaim of people or by a believer who tries to cover up his sins. So a sinner trying to earn salvation from God, that's the wrong use of works. By a believer trying to earn God's love or gain the acclaim of people, it's also the wrong use of works. By a believer trying to cover up his sins, it's the wrong use of works. But works are right and good when used for righteousness or righteous causes to win the lost as an entrance to witness to the world by producing clothes or food or good works, it opens up the door. Understand this, for us just to give clothes, for us just to give food, just turns us into a charitable organization. We are not a charitable organization. We use the clothing and the food as a tool to open up the door to witness to the world. Today, I'm telling you and giving you some clothes and giving you some food, but you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. He'll give the power. He'll give you the knowledge. He'll give you the wisdom. From now on, you can buy your own clothes, buy your own food, and find some to give away to other people because what I've got in me is available to anybody. It's receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So again, works are right and good when used for righteous causes. Number one, uh, works are good when we use it to win the lost. Works are good when we use it as an entrance to witness to the world. By again, the good works we do. Works are good or bad because of the motive behind them. That's the whole point of the word of God. So therefore we can have good works and the right use of good works. We can have wrong works and the wrong way to use them before God, whether you're a sinner or a saint. Again, 
A sinner tries to use his good works to get into heaven. But oftentimes, a Christian who becomes carnal tries to get themselves back into the position with God by use of good works. And God simply says, it won't work for the sinner, it won't work for you. Good works are used in the word to reach the lost. Let's talk about that. Creation is God's works and are used to teach the lost. Hebrews chapter one and verse 10 says, you Lord in the beginning have laid the foundation of the earth and the heavens are the works of your hands. So let's talk about this. Let's take a number of things about good works and talk about them from the word of God. Good works are not just what I can do, for you know, uh, witnessing to people and not just what I can do for opening a door to witness to people. There's so many things in the world, but everything, there's one thing common about God's works or our works. The ultimate should be that the world will see the power of God through creation, the power of God through supernatural signs and wonders, and they'll open up their hearts to him. Again, creation is God's works. Listen, if works are wrong, then God is wrong. But God does works, and God's works are used to teach the lost. And the works we're talking about is the heavens, all the things around us. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 10. You, Lord, in the beginning have laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of your hands. God loves to display his works out there. They're so wonderful. They're so huge. In fact, we keep finding that the universe is larger than we ever thought it was. Then in Romans chapter one and verse 20, it goes on to say the same thing. The invisible things of him, that's God, from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. What are we saying? Creation is God's works, the works of his hands. And he did all this for one thing. He didn't put them out there just to be pretty. He didn't put them out there just for us to find our way by the North Star. All those things are wonderful. There is a use for all of them. But for the people to lay back and look at that and say, goodness, look at all that. This couldn't have just evolved. This couldn't have just suddenly come into, into pass because of some force or something unless it's actually God. And by looking at it, they can understand God. Romans chapter one and verse 20 was telling us this, that if a person who doesn't know Jesus as Lord and Savior and lives in a place where the gospel has not been presented, we come back and say, well, how can they ever get to heaven if they haven't heard the gospel? They have heard the gospel by what they've seen. God has made the universe out there and it preaches to them every single day. When I was in Bible school, a woman that was part of our class, a young woman, and she walked into class one day and said, I had a dream last night about a place called Mindanao. And people around that understood, said, oh, that's in the Philippines. She ended up going to the Philippines. You know why she had that dream? Because there was one young man that was there in a tribe and was calling out after looking at the universe for so long, said, there's gotta be a God out there. And I don't think it's the one that they've asked me to serve here among my tribe. And he said, I really want to know about him. The moment he said, I really want to know about him, God had to get someone over there and chose this young girl to go over there. When she got there, she met the young man and a lady helped her inter with interpretation. And the boy told her the story. She told him about Jesus Christ and the whole, the whole uh, village was standing around. And that village accepted Jesus Christ who not only did the young boy get saved, but his faith toward God, even his questioning to God about the way of eternal life gave that whole camp right there eternal life. That village accepted Jesus, including the witch doctor that was there. Signs and wonders are also called works and they should be used 
to win the lost. John chapter nine and verse four, Jesus said, I must work the works of him who sent me. Look at there, Jesus talked about good works. If works are bad, then Jesus is bad, but he didn't. He mentioned the good use of works and the good use of works is I must work the works of him who sent me. John 14, 12, the works that I do, you'll do also in greater works than these will you do. He promised me the supernatural works he did, I can do them also. Ministering to people's needs is works and should be used to win the lost. There's another thing about it, signs, wonders, all these things, but also just the natural things we do. Out of our own selves, giving food, giving clothing with one thing, the motive is to introduce them to the Lord Jesus Christ. That was found in James chapter two, verses 14 through 16. We'll take up right from this spot next time we come back and I'll see you in the next broadcast. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. Visit bobyandian.com. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.